somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. Welcome to Star Wars at the Movies. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. At the Movies. An international oral history of cinematic experiences from a galaxy far, far away. I've seen Star Wars about a dozen times. I've seen Star Wars 17 times. Star Wars? Uh, 24 times. 40 times and it was great each time. And in 55. About 57 times. 69. You can never get too much of Star Wars. I... I've seen the first Star Wars 153 times. All together, we have seen Star Wars 324 times. We've been here for six days and it's great! Hello there. Welcome to episode 13 and let's call it season 4 of the Star Wars at the Movies podcast. My name is Stephen Danley and, uh, wow, the, uh, the world has certainly changed since the last episode at the tail end of 2019. Going to the movies definitely won't mean the same thing as it has for the last century for many of us, uh, at least for a good long while. But that doesn't mean that the mission here has changed. Remembering our movie-going experiences with Star Wars or any of your other favorite films is as important as ever, and my hope is that this podcast plays some small positive part as a reminder of how special that experience really is, whether it was decades ago or just a few months ago. Whenever we do get that chance to go back, we can't take it for granted. So this episode will hopefully provide a healthy balance between past and present. With that in mind, it's time to take a trip back in time to Japan, where a, a monumental space opera hit screens in 1978. From a captive planet, two million light years away, came a desperate plea for help. Message from space. of extinction, the leader of the persecuted Jolutions sends his beautiful granddaughter to find the eight legendary brave adventurers who alone can stop the annihilation. Do you know where Emerald is? You know where Emerald is? What are you doing? No! I'm a human being from the planet Earth! Never before has the screen erupted with more spectacle, more excitement. are real and reality is fantastic. 
An international cast headed by Vic Morrow. I buried my career in orbit. The Babel won. I can't do it. It's the seat again. And chosen by the gods. Phantasmagoria of sights, sounds, and space-age technical achievements that must be seen to be believed. Message from space. Well, maybe a space opera that's monumental on an entirely different astral plane. The story of Star Wars in Japan just wouldn't be complete without message from space. It can't be often that imitation films actually beat their inspiration and competition to movie theaters, but... That's exactly what happened with Message from Space when it debuted in Japan in April of 1978, a couple months ahead of the increasingly worldwide phenomenon that was Star Wars, which wasn't released there until June 30th. And to be fair to the, the Toei company, the director Kinji Fukasaku, Vic Morrow and company, Message was really more than just a cheap knockoff. It was apparently the most expensive Japanese movie ever made at that point, and it has plenty of its own homegrown storytelling influences and sci-fi weirdness to be... Uh, appreciated in its own bizarre universe. A phantasmagoria of sights, sounds. The connections between Star Wars and Japan go much further beyond, of course. If it didn't already exist, there could easily be an entire podcast dedicated solely to that, so I know I'll be barely scratching the surface here. You have the well-documented links between Akira Kurosawa and George Lucas, and some of the most memorable vintage merchandise and promotions, from inflatable X-Wing torpedoes and a C-3PO toy that fires missiles from his abdomen, to awesome ad campaigns for Panasonic Electronics, and, uh, and yes, canned tuna. If you get a chance to watch that insane Hagamoro ad from 1978, it's entertainingly clear that Star Wars was making an impact in Japan. In terms of how the original films themselves did, none of the original three rank among the, the top 100 all-time at the Japanese box office, but The Empire Strikes Back was number one in Tokyo for at least four weeks when it opened, and was the top-grossing import of 1980. In 1983, Return of the Jedi was bested in that category only by E.T., but would reportedly pre-sell 123,000 tickets without any major advertising, and go on to take in $7 million at the Japanese box office in its first three weeks. In this installment, you'll hear from Kaz Umuri, a first-generation fan that was there to experience the original trilogy in his hometown of Osaka. Kaz is also a talented graphic artist that I've, I've really come to admire for his contemporary Star Wars work. The first time I came across it in person was at the Arclight Cinemas in Hollywood, where some friends had joined my wife and I for the opening night of The Rise of Skywalker. As we came out of the theater, the ushers were handing out these little postcards with uh, this really striking image of Kylo Ren on them. The look felt familiar to me, but it wasn't until our next trip to the Arclight a couple weeks later with that same group of friends that things clicked. And yes, I'm admitting here and now that I paid to see cats in a movie theater, but I have to believe it was for a greater purpose. 
As we stumbled out into the lobby, not knowing exactly where our minds and souls had been for the last 110 minutes, and it could not have been the heavy side layer. I looked up to see not only a, a large-scale rendition of that Kylo Ren postcard, but a sensational set of six corresponding images from Episode 9 displayed on the wall above the cinema's restaurant. I then remembered where I'd seen this formula before. It was this dynamic trio of promo posters for The Force Awakens that I'd only seen digitally, but they had definitely left an impression. Kaz's sleek, highly stylized aesthetic is the perfect blend of retro and modern, and it certainly stands out in the current era of Star Wars poster art. You'll hear him describe it as a combination of art deco and Japanese ukiyo-e, and being inspired by the likes of early 20th century artists J.C. Leyendecker and A.M. Cassandra. And when you step back and consider all these components, it makes perfect sense. With his work for Rise of Skywalker especially, he does the, the movie's pulp adventure underpinnings a great service. And if you didn't know any better, the posters could be promoting a serial from the 1930s, and there's something to be said for that. But getting back to the initial setting of Kaz's story, Osaka happens to have hosted the very first paid exhibition of moving pictures when businessman Inabata Katsutaro debuted the Lumiere's cinematograph at the Nanshi Embujo Theater on February 15, 1897. Japan has one of the world's largest and oldest film industries, and the country's desire for truly modern movie theaters, where a viewer's state of mind was just as, if not more important than tangible comforts, was increasing in the post-war recovery of the 1950s. A Japanese cinema magazine published an essay in 1951 on the ideal movie theater, stating that, quote, a theater's own uniqueness is as important in attracting an audience as the movies it shows, because, quote, being so attached to the atmosphere, the audience cannot but go to that theater. So that intangible ambiance was key, in addition to the fully equipped heating and cooling systems, of course. Osaka's O.S. Gekiju, where Kaz saw the Star Wars trilogy, was one of these theaters born in the golden age of Japanese cinema. It opened in 1955 and was one of the first two theaters in Japan to present films in Cinerama. Though the country's audience numbers were steadily declining in the 1970s, the OS had been playing 2001 A Space Odyssey to capacity business in the summer of 1968, so it seems to have been a prime destination for Star Wars to land a decade later. With that, let's hit the feature presentation. <laughs> And now for our feature presentation. I was born in Osaka, Japan in 1967, and I grew up in the same Osaka city. And watching Disney's Pinocchio movie in the theater when I was in kindergarten, started drawing. After that, I was drawing while watching Japanese anime and robotic entertainment. So, however, for me, um, after watching Star Wars and science fiction movie, so I became interested in American entertainment. 
And since then, I've only watched American movies. Speaking of some of those American movies,、uh, what were some of your early memories of the cinema and which movies and genres had an early impact on you? So, that,、um, it's kind of like an action movie and Disney's animation stuff.、Um, I got the inspiration and、um, uh, influences by the Steven Spielberg and the George Lucas stuff. So,、um, I love Star Wars series and Joe's Raiders, so something like that. I really like the sound and the direction for a relationship with each other. And the opening of Star Wars is always exciting. Also, the、uh, opening sequence of Jaws was really scary, though. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You, did you see Jaws in the theater? Yes, and always cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, let's see, you were, you were only eight years old when you saw Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really scary though. So, um, um, other things, the chase sequence is always exciting in the Indiana Jones series.、Mm. So,、um, I think about it,、uh, all of the music comes from the John Williams. He always have,、uh, them, um, gave me the more exciting、uh, feeling、mm, by towns. I love it.、Mm. In terms of your memories of seeing Star Wars for the first time,、uh, when and where did you see it, and what were your initial impressions, and what stuck with you? First, Star Wars, I saw that I was a、yeah, junior high school student.、Um, yeah, I was so shocked about the、um, science fiction stuff. I've never seen the kind of like the high quality science fiction movie. Yeah,、um, I saw them、uh, at a movie theater in Osaka, Japan.、Um, all the scenes were very shocking and exciting, especially the opening title scene. The appearance of the Star Destroyer, attractive characters, and fighting with the lightsaber, I have never seen before. Music and sound effect may still be、um, on my body. <laughs> so, everybody, everybody, everybody、um, kind of like um, um, imagination about the,、uh, use the lightsabers fighting.、Mm. So, everybody, every, every kid s、uh, trying to、um, select lightsaber. But a lightsaber doesn't have, you know, it's not real. So,、uh, everybody、uh, m a k e the sounds, writing thing, and kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Lightsaber fighting is so many. I bet.、Um, you know, it'd be great to hear what the experience of going to the cinemas was like in Japan when, when you were growing up, you know, especially compared to what you'd later experience in the United States.、Um, first, let's talk about the、um, difference between Japanese and American cinemas. I think the price of the ticket is very different. In Japan,、um, it's 1,800 yen. Is it about、um, um, around 15 US dollars? And uh, uh, in the United States, it's、uh, about one third or half the price of Japan, I think.、Um, that was not cheap for my childhood. So when I watched the movie, 
I tried hard to watch even the smallest thing. Going to the cinema was very special. Maybe like I'm, I'm having special dinner outside. Another difference is the reaction of the audience. Japanese audience watch movies very quietly. Um, laughing thing and the screaming thing are also quiet. But uh, uh, when I watch a movie in US, um, it's very, very exciting because the reaction of the American audience is very um, obedient. So yeah, this is yeah nicer. Um, when I watch the American blockbusters, um, the cinema was always the same cinema. Um, it had a big screen and um, um, seats were very comfortable. Everyone went to the cinema early when they watched the blockbuster and got in, in line. I always remember having a hard time watching Star Wars. There were many adults and children there uh, sharing excitement with many people. It's still the same. <laughs> yeah, some things really still are the same. Uh, so which, which theater was this in Osaka? Um, I saw it in um, uh, it's an OS theater in Osaka. Um, this was in town called Umeda in Osaka, um, but not now. Okay, so the, the theater's no longer there? No, yeah. And it was a, a Cinerama location as well? Is that right? Yeah, Cinerama, yeah, as well. And just a, a single screen, yeah. Uh, yes, a one big screen. Yeah, uh, we didn't have uh, any um, it's a cinema complex. Uh, we didn't have that. Um, so, uh, yeah, OS Theater is just one huge theater and a very comfortable seat. It seems like Star Wars was definitely a big hit in Japan, especially with all the unique merchandise that was made there. Uh, did you have any interest in any of that? Japan has um, so excited about um, Star Wars. Various goods that had been destroyed in Japan were also collected. Uh, for example, um, Coca-Cola bottle leaves, and behind the bottle cap printed about them, um, C-3PO, R2D2 stuff, and so many stuff, and uh, toys. And what, what I really wanted was a lightsaber. Um, yeah, I had it, but um, it was it really cheap. I couldn't get the uh, original toys and merchandising from United States. So probably um, all merchandise made in Japan, I think. Mm. Yeah. Also, uh, I have uh, uh, comic books. Yeah, uh, it was really, really, really good for me. Mm. Um, I bought the uh, bookstores, and uh, um, that book, comic books has exactly um, same sequence uh, as movie. Yeah, so that was kind of your, your way of, of re-experiencing the movie. Mm, yes. So what do you remember about seeing The Empire Strikes Back? My most favorite Star Wars movie is uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. I think that moment has, uh, that for me, my opinion, and uh, Empire's stuff, um, totally different. Um, not for kids, and it actually looks like for adults. And the Empire Strikes Back, um, my expectation was Max because it was a sequel to Episode 4, right? It was a movie that um, exceeded its uh, expectation. Um, I think this movie um, depicts the characters' deeper stories and their relationships. 
in particular, uh, Han Solo and uh, Princess Leia are trying to draw each other hearts. So Han Solo's uh, rugged spirituality, um, it's uh, well expressed. It appears in many lines. Um, his favorite line is, uh, um, I know. <laughs> so also, uh, the whole picture is a uh, um, bit dark. I feel that the um, saturation is uh, um, pretty low. They are so cool for me. I think it is a wonderful work even now. I yeah. think um, uh, director uh, Arvin Kushner has uh, taken a new Star Wars visual approach and uh, uh, derived into the new Star Wars angle. Yeah, definitely a, a major shift. And uh, how about Return of the Jedi memories? Return of the Jedi. Um, my memory has, um, I think uh, uh, this movie is a turning point uh, for the Skywalker family. Um, various mysteries became clear. It, it has uh, kind of like answer for the questions. And so that's the feeling and the thought of the uh, characters um, connected by lines. The movie ends, Darth Vader and uh, Luke Skywalker and uh, Palpatine. And Darth Vader also had their heart. Mm. The movie was the um, um, last chapter of the Star Wars series for the time. Uh, so I felt very uh, lonely. Um, I think it was a very pleasure for director um, Richard Macron. I think the final director of the series is um, very hard. Yeah, I mean, I think closing things out is, is a tough job, just as much now as it was then. Um, so did you see the entire original trilogy at the same theater, the OS? Yes, yes. <laughs> It had to have been nice to have a traditional place. Right, yes, um, traditional place. Mm -hmm. Okay, so shifting gears a bit to your career, what led you to become a, a professional artist? I have been working for advertisement and editorial staff as an illustrator in Japan, uh, but I was in Minneapolis, uh, USA from the age of 23 to uh, 28 for just starting for college. Um, MCAT, Minneapolis College of Art and Design, I started my study and career in the United States as an artist. After um, returning to Japan, I worked as a freelance illustrator, and um, um, I was influenced by various artists, especially Julius Ruzan, and um, um, J.C. Leyendecker, M. Cassando. Um, why do I call them graphic artists? because it has a style of the combining graphics and illustration. Yeah, both Leyendecker and Cassandra make total sense as far as the DNA of your work. Um, so when did you begin working on movie posters? Um, about um, um, eight years ago, um, current agent, um, I met uh, uh, Don and Rebecca of uh, Posta Pose. 
And then, then they started throwing various projects at me. I started making American entertainment. Poster Pose works with a um, variety of a movie studio, uh, creating a poster and other visual for the number of movies campaign. They gave me the opportunity for making poster stuff uh, for Disney and Marvel stuff. The project I worked on with them at Disney Big Hero 6 is a um, start of um, uh, full-fledged uh, official posters. They were very exciting. Yeah, and it seems like they've been keeping you busy ever since. Uh, so how would you describe your style and, and your artistic process? And, uh, and what mediums do you like to work with? Um, my style is uh, uh, very graphical. Uh, there are many uh, realistic expressions in American poster art. So um, I take um, a different approach. The um, symbolic and the sizzle feeling emphasize the image of the story. I always think first and draw various concepts and ideas on, on pencil and paper. I'm thinking about 20 to um, 40 plans. Uh, then uh, the concept is um, processed to the client and it's necessary to um, confirm with the studio uh, whether the story or images is not different from the main story. But the number one inspiration is the soundtrack. Um, it's often released earlier than movie. I listen to the music and um, imagine, imagine various scenes from the music title and make pictures. When I listen to music, um, I can see them sing in my head. It's so exciting. And um, the next step is when the studio um, approval uh, all approaches, uh, draw and digitalize sketches with um, um, slightly uh, higher detail and attach the color and various effects and um, uh, adjust it um, using Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop. Okay, so how did your work on the, the new Star Wars trilogy come about? Um, I always uh, talking about the Star Wars to the, my uh, agent and poster pose. And one day uh, they reaching out and uh, um, we have a project for Force Awakens. And so would you like, uh, would you interesting for making the poster art? Of course I said yes. Uh, there was an um, order from Disney, uh, their um, poster for um, Disney movie reels. Um, it is one set three pieces. Star Wars movies have not been released for a long time. Um, Disney movie reels try to them, uh, show that. And um, um, fans go crazy with uh, the start of episode seven. I was worried about that I could meet that expectation. Oh yeah, expectations were very high. Very high there. So um, 
So fortunately, uh, they seems to be liked by, by the studio and the fans. Um, I was able to uh, continue from the studio to episode nine. I thank the Walt Disney Studio and the Poster Pose and the fans for um, trusting me. Yeah, so let's dive into this artwork a bit in terms of uh, composition and the style you used. Uh, starting with The Force Awakens, so you have three pieces, uh, each with a pair of characters. So you have Finn dueling Kylo Ren in one, and then you have Rey and BB-8 together in the second, and then uh, Poe facing off with a stormtrooper in the third. Uh, was this breakdown your original concept from scratch? Yes, it's my original concept. Mm. You know, Force Awakens uh, has uh, so many fans waiting for that, right? And so um, I try make sure show them um, new characters, right? and Finn and um, Lei and Paul. I didn't know the uh, stories, so um, I catch the relationship each uh, characters each other. I made the three new characters and the enemy look um, big and simple. This is a um, very uh, geometric approaches, um, not realistic uh, representation. Um, in fact, um, I use a composition that remind me of the Japanese uh, ukiyo-e. I mix of the Japanese ukiyo-e and uh, art, art deco. Um, Star Wars is uh, often inspired by Japanese art. So did Lucasfilm provide you with any reference images to draw from? No, uh, exactly no. Uh, they doesn't give me that any reference stuff. You know, it's a kind of like a top secret, right? So um, I always saw a movie trailer, and uh, my inspiration came from the original soundtrack. Right, okay. Uh, so what was your production timeline like? The schedule for the um, production was a very, very tough. And they worked in uh, just a week. Just one week. Whoa. A week. That's incredible. It must have been uh, very stressful. <laughs> it, it, it was. But um, yeah, my dreams come true, you know? No kidding. Yeah. Um, okay, so you start with episode seven in this very geometric, uh, simple, but eye-catching set of designs. How did your approach change uh, when it came to working on The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi wants to show the more storytelling and uh, um, relationship with the characters. So uh, I make the idea. Also, uh, one set of the three posters. And one of the pieces is a, a light side. And one of the things is a dark side. And then mix it. Yeah, I really like having Luke in the middle of the design in that second piece, along with Rey and Kylo together as kind of living in that gray area uh, between light and dark. Since it, uh, it's a, a secret to the expected work, the style has been changing to the make the fans uh, more excited. It is a more realistic and dramatic expression than the last time. Yeah, I think yeah, I was able to uh, convey uh, the image of the movie more. Yeah, the, the compositions get a lot busier and, and more complicated, much like the movie was. Much more complicated, yes. Give it to me one more time, simpler. So when it came to The Rise of Skywalker, you came up with a much more expansive idea that involved quite a few more designs than the past ones. So how did this project come to be? Um, that's for a uh, campaign for um, Arclight Cinemas. 
six postcards. Uh, one design is uh, uh, distributed to one cinema. You know, um, Rise of Skywalker and finishing the Skywalker's movie and the Star Wars saga, right? And so um, this is the um, final chapter. I decided to express uh, respect for each character, BB-8 and D.O. and uh, Lei, Kylo, and um, C-3PO and the Paul stuff. So um, actually, they have their own stories. And uh, the theme was rise. If you look closely, um, there is a light down behind each character. And uh, each one has uh, friends too. I think uh, they have um, um, overcome the um, difficulties because they have uh, uh, reliable partners and friends. Um, this indicates um, that the story is uh, not the end, um, but their new story. And when I all six cars um, arranged, it become um, one pictures. Mm. Yeah, it's it's great to see them all lined up together. You can really see the that collective light that you're talking about coming up behind all the characters. It's almost like they're standing on a mountain peak formed at the center. It's just a uh, beautiful. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a um, it's a grand finale. Things I try to show that definitely. Um, so, having grown up with the originals, did you end up feeling a connection with the new films by the end, and through working directly on their advertising? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I think um, episode seven to nine uh, have various um, interpretations. In fact. The truth of the story is um, hiding behind, hidden behind, um, solving um, this mysterious mystery is still a um, prob- problem for me. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not alone with that problem, but I guess that's that's a big part of what makes these movies fun. So, how has Star Wars maintained an influence on your life, and what part did those early experiences seeing the movies play? I think. My life started so that after the so that Star Wars. When I got the trouble, uh, when I feel weak, uh, painful, I remember that um, may the force be with you to um, overcome uh, various uh, difficulties. So I try make mm, anything. I try. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It is also uh, influenced by creative aspects. I still remember that uh, impact uh, seeing um, Ralph Macri's concept art. Sure. Yeah, I think. Mm. Thanks so much, Kaz, for coming on the podcast, and uh, congratulations on all the great work. Yeah, thank you so much for a great opportunity. Huge thanks again to Kaz for joining me. 
Uh, he also shared some fantastic images, including some period photos of Star Wars at the OS in Osaka that can all be seen in the full show notes over on the main site, StarWarsAtTheMovies.com. You can follow Kaz and see his great work on Instagram, Twitter, and Behance, and his website, ToonGraphic.com and PosterPosse.com. As for Star Wars at the Movies, you can find the latest on the project's Facebook page and group, Instagram, and Twitter. And as always, feel free to reach out via email to StarWarsAtTheMovies at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Be well, and remember... Relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun. BB-8! Chewbacca! Pogue! Konobokan Noriokurena! Star Wars!